Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60 day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. We'll have so many people jump back into the real estate market. We'll have so many people refinancing on bank products. It will absolutely make people's head spin. I think if people thought that the refinance storm that happened from 2020 through 2022 was incredible, it's going to be unreal when they start cutting interest rates because the remainder of the mortgages that were originated in the last 18 months are probably going to get looked at. And then a lot of them are, or a lot of banks are going to be vying for that business because they haven't had any business to originate for a while. What's going on, guys? Welcome back into another episode of Money Moves. As always, your host, Maddie A, co-host, Mr. Ryan Breedwell. I always wonder, like, do I even need to introduce myself anymore? Allow me to reintroduce like, myself. My name do, is do Matt. You, do we need to introduce ourselves anymore? I mean, we might as well. If you don't know, now you know. Not like I think I'm special. I'm just like most of the people are continuously learning about who we are and well, listen to the show for quite some time. So if you're new here, welcome. We cover all things stocks, real estate investing, and personal finance to help you on your wealth building journey. We like to talk a little politics. Mm-hmm. We like to talk a little stock market, talk a little real estate investing. Amen. And if you enjoy participating in those types of conversations, be sure to check out millionermycast.com. We got a great store for you guys with all kinds of cool products and resources around wealth building, real estate investing. And of course, if you haven't taken advantage of the free financial x-ray that Ryan and his amazing team do for any of our listeners for free, they will go through your portfolio with a fine tooth comb. They will build you out a comparative portfolio. You compare apples to apples. It's really insightful, really resourceful. And at the end of the day, you don't have to do anything with it. And you can be taking advantage of a bunch of free information that costs people a lot of money generally. So you can text the word X-Ray to 844-447-1555 to connect with them on that. And again, don't forget to subscribe, hit that review if you enjoy what you hear on the show. All right, Mr. Breedwell, we got some good stuff today. I'm excited. Tomorrow is a big day. Oh, it's a huge day. And it's honestly, it's it sucks so much that they always put do it the, on Wednesdays. The financial calendar always is the most, all the good shit is usually on Wednesdays, or they drop it on Monday. Yeah, yep. 
So it's either I got to I got to wait the weekend and I get a surprise on Monday or it's like, hey, you got to guess what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's a big week. It's the uh, market has really been looking forward to this day for the past three weeks. Everybody's been talking about rate hikes, uh, inflation data. We have some conflicting items. So yes, it's been extremely on the forefront of investors' minds. Yeah. So we'll definitely be digging into FOMC predictions, what is coming out of some of these camps already. Mm-hmm. Already some potential discussions around November, but obviously there's going to be some reactions to what they say tomorrow, whether they pause, hike. They're going to pause. Right? Likely yeah. we know that's a, what, a 99% chance? It's 99% chance that they're going to pause. And we were at 56% yesterday, so Monday, we were at a 56% chance of a hike, or excuse me, a pause in November with a with a hike being actually the a quarter and then there was a half a percent chance. Yep. 70% chance of pause right now. So in November as well. In November. And what keeps happening is all the pause numbers keep getting thicker and thicker the closer it gets to them, which means that the data is falling in line where it's supposed to. If it continues to move at the pace that it is, we could see cuts, rate cuts as early maybe as February. I would have to go a lot faster for my dream to happen for like December cut. I think a lot of people also are weary of when rate cuts are going to happen because historically we had a recession follow rate cuts. But what I keep trying to remind people, and I could, it could be completely wrong, but I'm in the camp that this means something. That's when we cut rates from something to nothing or essentially to uh, 0.25. We're going to be cutting rates from like five down to three. So it's not like we're cutting to where there's no profitability left in the market. When you take all the interest rate, all of the wind out of the sales, there's no profitability left for the treasury and banks and so forth. So it's harder for them to produce profit, which is why it's generally uh, recessionary. If we do have any dip when they start, it'll be a, a head fake and it'll be very short, very quick, and it'll will quickly recover because... We'll have so many people jump back into the real estate market. We'll have so many people refinancing on bank products. It will absolutely make people's heads spin. I think if people thought that the refinance storm that happened from 2020 through 2022 was incredible, it's going to be unreal when they start cutting interest rates because the remainder of the mortgages that were originated in the last 18 months are probably going to get looked at. And then a lot of them are, or a lot of banks are going to be vying for that business because they haven't had any business to originate for a while. Mm. We're going to have really aggressive, probably like, hey, we're going to charge you a percent less than we actually are going to pop up rate things, but they're going to be different than like 2008. I've heard, yeah. I've seen a lot of these products being talked about, but I, the bottom line is it's going it, there's going to be a tsunami of business and the majority of it's going to be on the real estate side. Mm. One generally, the stock market follows real estate back up, and real estate follows the stock market down. The stock market leads the down, and real estate lags. Real estate leads the up, and the stock market lags, but eventually catches to it because it's a physical product and people can actually build. With the Treasury, saw today that the five year yield rises to 4.504%, which is the highest since 2007. So yeah, that's kind of tying back into what you were just alluding to right there. Yeah, I just think that. The correlation, again, not being causation is big on, on this. Like Just because 2007 was right before the financial crash, the financial crash was not caused by, the in, by 
an inverted yield curve or interest rates being high, there was subprime mortgage crisis. There was fraud in the mortgage industry. And a lot of it, it was rife with it. We don't really have that going on today. What we have is people simply cannot afford buy a house. My house would be my mortgage payment without property and taxes at a 7% interest rate would be more than my fully impounded payment right now, plus the $500 a month I put on each one of my payment storage principal. That's like, in my mind, that's insane. Yeah, I'd be at close to $10,000 a month, fully impounded. So I can understand it. Like somebody bought the house next to mine, like somebody moved into my neighborhood and bought the house. That house has almost a $12,000 a month mortgage. I cannot even wrap my brain around that. Yeah. That is what somebody is paying. I live in a great neighborhood. That house is beautiful. Is it worth $12,000 a month in my opinion? No. No. Do I love that they're paying that? Absolutely. My home value goes up by <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. It's a good thing for you. But it's, that's the problem we're having. Yeah. The thing I keep trying to stress, and so I'll throw a bone into your yard. There's not really a, a lineup for in the residential real estate market, any sort of recession. In fact, it's almost like the ice at the back of your cup when you get to the bottom and it's just almost to the point where all that ice and those are consumers waiting to buy that simply can't afford to buy. Yeah, We don't have an excess of people buying that can't afford to buy. We have a lack of people buying that want to buy. So that's the difference in the culture of where we're at for uh, with where real estate is. And we're stuck in this rut in the stock market. We're range bound until that would get figured out. Because until that gets figured out, it's going to tie directly to where interest rates are and what the Fed is going to do with interest rates. Because they do not want the real estate market to heat up too quick and cause a Right, That's the biggest challenge Correct. that they're playing with on the real estate side. But the real estate market needs to go up in order for the stock market to be comfortable and go up. Mm-hmm. It, as, uh, there's not a lot of correlation between the stock market and the real estate market, but there is correlation that you can say, well, the stock market is gonna go, has gone down. The real estate market has to pull back a little bit because of that. Yeah, The real estate market's now started to go up. That means there's profitability that's gonna get reported here in the future. The stock market is a predictor of the future or a forward-looking instrument. And so that is why you can then say, okay, the stock market's likely going to follow here soon. If anything, I think, I mean, you, we talked a little bit about it earlier. Recession or crash, there's really only two potential probabilities or economies that's going to take place in. And that is the two C's, as you mentioned it, right? China and Canada. Yeah. Our, and, there, and I think, sorry to jump on your toes. I was going to say on those, I think Canada has it on the residential side. And I think China has it all the way around. Yeah, I agree. They not only have it on their residential, because a lot of people don't understand that in China, their investments, like their 401k is homes. A lot of people own three, four, five homes and pass them to their kids and their kids can sell them and rebuy other homes. That's the very commonality in Asian countries. They don't have like stock investments like we do. They have more real estate. Sorry to go. Yeah, yeah. but that's why I think it's such a, Huge deal for China, and I and where I don't I have concern over our market is because those are not the variables in our equation right now. And I think the slowest season of real estate that we will see 
is happening right now, has been happening for the past few months and will continue to happen until the rate cuts start because we're starting to see, and this is, you know, as we've been tracking this data, right? Week over week, we've seen little increases in inventory. 0.1, Nothing too crazy. Yeah. This last one was 2%. Huge. Which is a, it's a big jump in the grand scheme of things, but still not anything to be yeah. a massive concern. That being said, days on market are going up in a lot of markets where values aren't decreasing in big ways. They're just sitting on the market longer. And the three areas I think that I saw where days on market are going up the most is Salt Lake City, Oakland, and San Francisco. Yep. Those are the three markets, which when I saw Salt Lake City, I was like, whoa. But then I thought back, Salt Lake City was a hub for an airport to be in. It was convenient for an East Coast. And it blew up into this massive metro, almost like it was like a Mormon version of New York. They call it, uh, what is it, the Latter-day Silicon Valley or something like that. Like Mormon church that became a little bit of their... I it was it. their main hub that really blew up. I love the drive through sodas. The drive through that's your jam. God forbids <laughs> caffeine and coffee, but if it's in your soda, he'll turn a blind eye, but we won't go down that. I just, oh, well, I just But I think right now, this is if you're a buyer on the fence and you can afford to do it because you can refi in a little while and you'll be able Correct. to refi with, you'll be able to be in a home with a lot less competition where you're not getting bid up. You can afford a 7% mortgage. First of all, hats off to you. Yeah. I'm going to give you a tip of the hat. Yeah, for sure. Second of all, I highly doubt that this interest rate environment is the new norm. I also highly doubt 3% is going to be a rate you'll ever see again. I don't think people are going to see maybe on jumbo products in the future, maybe, but I don't think you're going to see very many rates below 4% for the next five plus years. We have to get into a position where we may be growing too fast mm-hmm. and then they will lower interest rates to where money is more accessible so it will slow growth a little bit. I know that sounds weird, but there's only a couple ways that we're going to see rates like that. Because you got to remember, we were getting 3% mortgages at zero to a quarter, and they're trying to be at three. So I don't think we're going to be... No, I don't think we'll get anywhere close to that. And honestly, why would anybody who has that want to trade out of it if they don't have to? Because it's when you be hard for me to buy my next house, man. I am at two seven nine. Well, I mean, when you think about that, right? You essentially your house is is I don't want to say a free house, but you bought that house with essentially free money because inflation is since you bought it way outpaced. Oh, yeah. The increase in inflation has way outpaced your fixed mortgage rate. So you're essentially you're way ahead on that house, yeah, right? And that's again that point exactly is ties back into earlier why we don't have really the same issues that we had in 2000. Right. Because although there's less people purchasing, there's also people like me or other people that aren't me, just anybody that owns a home that's bought in the past three four years. That yeah, we don't have this. But if I had to take an eight percent loan to get sixty grand out of my house, I could do that a couple times and still be okay. Mm-hmm. And so that there's a lot more equity left in the homes where we had no equity. Now I will say this: the reason I brought up the Canada thing is because I saw a report from that like TD Bank, BMO, Bank of Montreal, and one other Canadian bank, up to like 23% of their book is loans that are, they're not delinquent, 
but they have gone to the point where their loan to value is negative. So then they have to hit that person with a high, they have to cover the difference on that and that's going to uh, increase their amortization cost over the loan schedule, which is not planned. That only can happen, just so everybody knows, yeah. with variable rate products. A fixed product, the bank is going to eat that, mm-hmm. which is why fixed rate products have a high origination fee. You the, know what you're getting for the entirety of the correct. loan. The bank is taking more risk technically on a fixed mm-hmm. product. On a variable product, they generally have a lower origination cost. They're much easier to set up because there's the variable. You can can reset your terms in five years. Yeah, they're pushing a lot of the risk that they end up taking onto your plate. And that's why the rate and origination cost tend to be more attractive up front. I'm not a mortgage professional, but that's the way that I understand them. That's interesting. That I mean, it's almost like a 2008 or again, because that's exactly what our banks looked like prior to our. Well, that's why because they didn't have a, a crash in 08. No, haven't they, had a correction for like 20 plus years. I was gonna say. So this to me feels like their big bubble that is coming. I could see it being something that ends up being pretty. I and mean, you got the average, the average home price of eight hundred thousand dollars. It's three quarters of a million. That is. Absolutely, it's like three fifty six. That's in the insane, States. right? Yes, and their economy um, is no stronger. Their wage growth, their all of the variables you compare apples to apples, they're so far out of line with their average home price, even compared to ours in the high threes in America. Now. The state of California almost has a bigger population than the whole country. Yeah, that's of wild. Canada. There's not enough people. Canada is. There's not enough people or how And China, you already knew as fuck because they ultimately are not transparent. They've had ghost cities and ghost construction. I mean, for decades. So that's why, as you've always alluded to data being so uh, scrutinized and the transparency, you know, of or lack thereof coming out of China, it's really hard to... And that's where I... The IMF has them labeled as a them and Russia. They are a currency. They're a known currency manipulator. Yeah. So they manipulate their economy and currency to reflect what they want to be seen, not what is to be seen. And that is a problem when you're trying to make future guidance. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're seeing things slow yeah. in the housing market. We're even seeing things slow a little bit in the market itself. Right as it's trying to figure itself out, still performing well, but overall, sure. right, we're not seeing these massive bullish signals no, at the moment. Right, for a few days. Well, and that's where I feel like the real estate market and they're stable, but still have some volatility to them. The velocity at which they were moving before in really positive directions has curbed a little bit, right? Yeah. And we're even seeing that with the data that's coming out in terms of builder confidence this month dropped National Association of Home Builders 50 is kind of threshold of things being seen as a good market. It dropped below 50 to 45 this month. Really, obviously, you got high... This was a statement that came out. High mortgage rates above 7% continue to erode builder confidence. The sentiment levels have dropped below key break-even measures for the first time in five months. Then you've got unemployment ticked up a little bit last week. Yep. I think we'll see what continues to happen Wish. going forward. But essentially, I think we're going to probably see that number continue to trend. Yep. You got days on market trending up. You got inventory trending up. And obviously, some of the other things that we're paying attention to with CPI and those things all weighing into things not being terrible, but not being great. Yep. So it's like this slow but getting, faucet that's still putting out some liquid. It's, it's not dry, 
So I think that's going to be interesting. We pay attention to unemployment. You got wage increases and demands, right? Being something that we were talking, well, it's going to drive unemployment, right? And obviously the obvious answer is you get businesses, consumer sentiment and spending slows, businesses less profitable, they reduce their workforce to tighten down and then obviously unemployment ticks up. That's an obvious one. But then there's some different variables. I feel like this go around that weren't around necessarily in past recessions. We've got high demand for the wage increase. For example, McDonald's or in California, they just raised... Yeah, fast food in California. Yeah, fast food in California, $15 minimum wage just jumps to 20 If I was somebody that owned a McDonald's franchise and I know my numbers lockstep on my OPEX and my COGS and my income and that being a pretty fixed model and then the government rolls in and says, you got to pay your employees... more, that's a pretty big jump, right? So that's going to, and then you got AI and technology and robots and all this shit that's coming into play, not just in service-based industries, but all across the board. That's disrupting and changing the game that in a way that it wasn't previously. So I think those are some of the things that we'll continue to see business owners and our economy as a whole adapt and pivot and tweak and form to, right? That necessarily weren't things that we had to worry about. Previously, Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Yep, I couldn't agree more. That was well put. I just think that if I'm that McDonald's, I'm not going to, and I'm that owner, I'm not going to lose my profitability. I'm going to squeeze it out of the bottom end. I'm going to increase my menu pricing. Yeah, pass it on to the customer. And I'm going to cut my staff. And I'm going to cut my staff. Yeah, so that it's not going to affect corporate profitability. Again, this is where governments have to be careful getting involved in... Mm -hmm business, capitalism should, and for the most part, manage itself. But when you force a business to do something that it's that's out of its control, it will force control back onto itself mm-hmm. by just passing that through to the consumer. So ultimately, even though the person that is working a non, 
necessary job and not a career, it's a job, getting paid close to a career wage, the people that go and work a career wage or work a similar job that are not making money get hurt by that because they just have to spend more to get the same product. So it's there's a very famous picture that I like to reference. I'm looking for it to put it up in my office, but it's these two guys. They both have these holes in their boat and they're both helping each other not sink by taking buckets of water out of their boat and tossing it into each other's. <laughs> yeah. So it's constantly just, it's, it doesn't do anything. It just moves things around, but it doesn't actually do anything yeah. effective. What ultimately has to happen in that scenario is people need to be driven to work towards career jobs to get career pay. If you work a job, you're going to get job pay. So that's something that does not really, people are too soft. If you work a lifetime at McDonald's, you shouldn't be able to live a marvelous lifestyle off that. You're not doing much to drive the ball forward for society besides feeding somebody when they're voluntarily coming and making you a purchase destination. You should work at McDonald's to try to make money, to better yourself, to be an investor, to be an entrepreneur, to work at a company that has a vertical for you. But when you go and work for a job, again, like in a fast food business, I don't think fast food businesses should be expected to pay the wages that they're being told. I know that sounds harsh, but you have to understand it's not, you have to take a step back and say, I'm not saying that I don't want somebody to make money. I'm saying that businesses that are are providing a basic level service Mm -hmm. should not be forced to pay career or close to career level wages to non-career employees. If you're a manager at a McDonald's or you're up on the corporate side, that makes a lot more sense. We should incentivize and pay those type of people more. But to pay the people at the very bottom more, that much more, $20 an hour, that seems like a way to get people stuck in a a job that's not going to really move them forward, but just checks just enough boxes to keep you happy. So you have to remember that type of Psychology, if you get just enough of what you need, I'll relate it to wine. If you overfeed your wine or you overwater a vineyard, it'll produce really bad wine because the grapes aren't stressed enough. But if you water your vineyards just enough, you give them just enough of what they need, that produces the best product. That can similarly be applied to human beings. We should not be giving people more than they need on a social program or from an income perspective because it incentivizes them to become, at least in a job perspective, stagnant, Mm -hmm. stale, never moving forward. You have to incentivize people to move them forward but if because if they're not incentivized, they'll just stay still. So I don't agree with that. I don't think that's good for California. That will just that will ultimately all that's going to do is increase the cost of living. Well, say there was a statistic there, or I guess a, a comment that came out today that U.S. retailers will hire the lowest number of seasonal workers for this holiday season since 2008 due to increased labor costs and shaky consumer confidence per Reuters. Do you know how many people? And this isn't a good thing, but it's just a statistic. A lot of people depend on seasonal work. Oh yeah, absolutely to help bring in some extra money. Now more than ever. Yeah. Now more than ever. Yeah. And so, so that that's one example of a trickle-down effect and how... The ripple effect. Right. You don't realize what happens here, what it does over here. Yeah. But uh, you just have to... This is where, again, emotional decisions. That bill was passed to get votes. 
that bill does not have data or statistics put behind it. Yeah. Paying somebody $20 an hour, paying a high schooler $20 an hour is not going to do anything. It's just not. Yep. We're going to continue to track the data for you guys each and every week. Again, don't forget to take advantage of your free financial x-ray. Text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555 for all my credit investors that want to get on my deals list uh, and look at different deals that I put out into the community. Uh, you can text the word deals to that same phone number, millionairemindcast.com. Check out the store. We got some great stuff for you guys. And of course, don't forget to tune in and subscribe each and every week. If you enjoy the show, all we ask is that you leave a review, share it with somebody that you think gets some value from it. That being said, appreciate you guys tuning in today. Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really in most cases, overcharged, and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word deals to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out and last don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level, we've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.